You're tuned into Office Hours for now. Broadcasting live from the town of the crowd. The sneaker savant, breaking down the saga tough. Distribution and creation of the prize we lust. The reasoning behind why sneakerheads can find it tough. To try to find a pair, not kind of fair, it's life and thus. Applying your research to track down Oz's wizard. Artificial scarcity making the fucking bitter. We love shoes, but the game changed so fast. I miss the days of rocking my Nike Moabs. Don't ask. Trust the reseller platforms. Now those who love kicks are holding hats torn. The game changed and the feeling felt that scorn. But wonder stocks running off with some facts form. So tune in to the Office Hours podcast to follow up on all that passion, not that hot trash. You were tuned in to Office Hours. Subscribe, like, share, review, and all that. Good afternoon, students. Take your seats for today's lecture on Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. Today, you can expect the following. Travis Scott and Fragment 1's Kyrie Irving and his opinions on his eighth signature sneaker, Warren Lotus and the Reaper, and once again we're going to talk Air Max Packs. Quick disclaimer, we did have some audio issues during the live recording session on this episode. Some, if not all, of Shoof's audio is lower quality than y'all are used to. Mishaps aside, I am here with the champion of sneaker grading, the sneaker savant. Hey, what's up? Hey, dude, what's going on? Uh, chilling. How are you? Oh, I'm not doing too bad now that uh, FedEx is done with. Oh yeah, you got your your your, your box came in. Oh my your god, finally. this thing is amazing. Like, thanks, dude. I really appreciate that as uh, as payment for all this. But, dude, that thing's incredible. What's in the box? What's in it? <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? Like, oh, dude, there's black paper in there. Calm down. Black paper. <laughs> you know, so that that box. Um, I bought that. I don't know what happened, but I, th- I think somebody got arrested or something. And uh, the U.S. Marshal's office, when somebody gets arrested and it's like a big case, a lot of times the U.S. Marshal's office will uh, take their their goods and sell them on auction. Okay. So uh, I bought that one with a pair of HTM Flyknits in it, Flyknit Mag- Magistas, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh and I bought one that was like a wooden box of white on white Air Force Ones uh, that were given away at a Tiffany jewelry event. Jeez. And there was one other pair. I don't remember what else I bought, but I bought the three of them for like, I want to say 1500 bucks. Not bad. And, uh, but the, the problem was, was that there was flyknits in that. <laughs> Right. At the time, flynets were really, really, really popular. The HTM flynets were really expensive, and uh, I listed them. I want to say I listed them for like fifteen hundred dollars with the box, and I wasn't getting any bites. And then I, I, I saw the flynet market just tanked, so I said, "Fuck it, I'll just sell the shoes and keep the box." And so I listed the shoes on Goat for eight hundred bucks alone, and somebody went and bought the shoes. I couldn't believe somebody actually bought the shoes. Like, well after HTM flyknits were dead somebody bought them for like 800 bucks on goat and i was like wow uh but i wanted to keep that box um because it was just a real dope box and i thought if i get some real collector's items flyknits i could just put them in that box and the mm-hmm. collector flyknits the collector ones that i wanted to get was the the kobe flyknits um, yeah those are the tall ones the nines yeah um because that's when they came out and if you google that box nike nike puzzle puzzle box i think that's the image that comes up is a picture of those with kobe's um but kobe's weren't in that original box and you know somebody has a database somewhere you know i don't know who i don't know if it's ryan gander if it's nike who has that database that says what came in what box but that i think that box is number 44 am i am i tripping number four is number four okay so that's box 144 it's box number four out of 144 yes sir yeah, so if somebody has a, a, a database somewhere, which I don't think has ever been published, uh, that tells you what shoe what should have come in what box. But uh, I just I didn't want to sell that box through Goat. Um, I just thought I, I should really just keep this box. It's a pretty fucking cool box. But now mm-hmm. that I'm you know now that I'm 41 and I have more shit that I know what to do with, I just I don't know. You seemed really excited about the box, and I was just like, oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe you'd like it and. 
than I do, you know, just sitting in my fucking garage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's actually going to end up as a uh, as a centerpiece in my vestibule. It is. I mean, and the the thing is, is it's not like gaudy at all. It's it's no. a beautiful wooden box. It doesn't even say. I don't even think it says Nike on it anywhere, does it? it? Just got a no, side. Yeah, so it's just got numbers, and it's this beautifully inlaid cherry wood, I believe, uh, and it's like it's a puzzle box. It's dope. Yeah, it looks like it's made of a uh, wenge and cherry, which is just insane. Yeah, it's it's reading a little bit about what it was. Uh, I didn't know what it was when I bought it. I just thought that is really cool, fucking looking box. And that's where I was at when when you posted it. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but you know, after I did a little bit of research on it, and I saw that you know it was just really. I thought it was pretty dope, but it's it's um maybe FedEx heard that heard this podcast because I know this podcast is getting huge. Maybe they heard the podcast and realized if they didn't fix it, their whole business was going to tank. So oh yeah, fuck for them if they didn't do something. Yo, but I didn't tell you, um, homeboy Steen, his his handwriting is on the box. Oh really? Yeah. So he does still live at that house, but apparently he was honest and didn't steal from me. So that's great. Wow, nice. What did he write on the box? Uh, it says this is not 618 Tompkins Street because <laughs> they dropped it off there twice. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I know those numbers. I know that. And I've seen that handwriting a million times. Oof. Well, there you go. Well, you got your thing. Yeah, got my thing. I appreciate it. That's super awesome. I'm actually looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, for today, we've got uh, we've got quite a few random things. I think first, let's talk about Kyrie Irving. And the Kyrie eight. Um, my buddy from China sent me those pictures actually before they made the way on social media, but I wasn't, I wasn't exactly following it because I don't, I really don't care about Kyrie shoes. I mean, I know Kyrie's got right. some cool shoes, and if I was still playing a lot of ball, I'd probably wear Kyrie's because I really like uh, just the 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 structure of the shoe. I think it's like, it, it's not like. It has more roll to it. I don't know if that makes sense when I say it has roll to it, but it doesn't have like a flat bottom. It almost has like a, a really good low point guard kind of uh, feel mm -hmm. to it. And I, you know, I play really low. So I think that, that I would like playing in Kyrie's, but I don't pay attention to the Kyrie market. I know that um, for a long time uh, when, when Under Armour was popping because of Steph, people were saying that, um, you know, Kyrie's are doing how Steph's would have done if Steph had stayed with Nike, you know, mm. because he's really almost like that relatable or they've positioned him uh, marketing wise as like this relatable small guy. Yeah. Which, so, so kids are really buying Kyrie's and, and, and that's cool. But like that, that shoe, the first thing I, I, I looked at when I saw it was like, okay, this looks just, just like every other fucking Kyrie. And then when mm -hmm. I saw the soul, I saw that eight and I was like, okay, that looks like the, the LeBron eight with the sole with the, the eight on the bottom right and i was like well that's that's not so original but uh seeing that tweet like an hour later after i had scrolled through those pics from my dude from china um i don't know man it, it's weird like because again i think that shoe looks like every other Kyrie, and he's saying that they're trash and they're ugly but it seems like he's just he's just kind of fed up with the whole thing and i don't know man everyone's got an opinion on Kyrie. everyone he's thinks pretty polarizing man well, I mean, I, I guess I, I know that I know that people find him polarizing. In my opinion, he's just a regular fucking human like the rest of us. And, and same, I like Kyrie. He he doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to put up with the shit. And I, I cool man. I, I I respect that. You know, I th I think there's smarter ways and better ways to do things. But then again, I'm not a, a multi-million dollar athlete, you know, who has all <laughs> right, the right. world's eyes on me and everyone criticizing me and my every fucking move. So I, I don't know, man, I, maybe there was a better way to do that. You know, maybe there wasn't, but like, <laughs> yeah, it actually leads me into a question I had for you. Like, do you think that Kyrie really should have said anything? Do you think that, cause I saw in the comments, like, yo, this could be breach of contract. Usually, usually a company has things against this to so stop you, disparaging of the brand. So are you, are you a fan of most deaf? The musician? Yeah. Yeah. Here and there. Okay. So most deaf, I, I can't say that I was ever like a, a huge fan of most deaf. Like I like most deaf. And when I lived in New York, I really like when I lived in Brooklyn, I listened to most deaf on my, you know, my iPod quite a bit. You kind of have to, if you live in New York. 
Yeah, and I think that that's where I kind of developed some some kind of taste for it, you know. And I liked that album. I liked the second album a bit, but I wouldn't say that I like. It's not one of those albums that I would just choose to listen to, right? But it it was good, and I know I know people fucking love Mostaf, and so uh, I I recently listened to an interview with Mostaf. Uh, his good friend Talib Kweli uh, interviewed him on the People's Party, and I love Talib's. Uh, podcast because Taleb is he's just really smart and he actually like he comes prepared and no one is talking over each other and they just have like conversations and he brought Mostef out there and uh, he started giving him all these accolades and Mostef was like dude stop I don't want to hear any of this shit he was like just don't you know don't talk to me don't talk about me in this kind of way just talk to me like we're friends and throughout the interview Mostef is they're kind of going back and forth um, and Mostef is just like look man I don't People call me the greatest MC. I don't want that. I'm not going to accept that. I don't want to hear any of this, right? I just want to be me. And mm. he kept circle, circling back to this, like, I'm not here to live up to anybody's expectations except my own. And I, I after listening to that interview, I was like, that was probably the most, uh, that was probably the best take on being a celebrity that I had ever heard. And it was just, it was so poignant and it was so like, this life is for me. This is not for you. You want me to come out with uh, my album? Well, then you fucking do it. You know what I mean? Right. I'm going to do it when I do it because that's what I do. If you want it that bad and you want to you want to call me and tell me that I'm doing something wrong, then you fucking do it. Right? And it, it, to me, like that was like it was a it was kind of a watershed moment for me because uh, I felt like that that's the first time I've actually heard somebody vocalize these things in like a real cohesive way because a lot of the stuff you see on the media is uh you know it's it's well it's bullshit because they're they're down on somebody for something they're, they got an opinion on it they got some kind of uh ulterior motive like all this stuff with you know naomi osaka and simone biles and i mean like <laughs> these people don't live for us and they live for themselves and we got to let them live for themselves so uh kairi um, losing his mind or whatever you want to call it. He, he doesn't live for us. He lives for himself. And I'm glad that he's fucking doing that because we need to learn to take a step back. So mm -hmm. as far as breach of contract, what he said, you know, about Nike, I mean, maybe, but like, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be under a corporation and having to abide by every one of their fucking rules. I mean, like, it's part of the reason I left corporate America was because I felt like it was too intrusive to my, to my life and to my being. And, and I'm not fucking Kyrie Irving. I'm a mid-level spreadsheet provider. That's what I used to do. You know what I mean? I used to make spreadsheets for a living. Like, and I felt that that was too intrusive, that their take on my performance or, or, or my review was too intrusive to my life. I, can, I can't imagine what it's got to be like to be someone like Kyrie under the biggest clothing corporation in the world. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be in that situation. Yeah, and, and to hear all these people and see all these people with all these comments, oh Kyrie's a crybaby, you know, oh he wouldn't he wouldn't get by in another job. Bullshit. We all fucking do that. We all bitch about our jobs. Find me one person who doesn't bitch about their job, I'll find you a fucking liar. Like we all do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Dude, for some reason, people feel this need to like ride on him because he's a, a, a celebrity or, you know, he's an athlete, whatever he is, dude, let the man fucking live. Just let him live, you know? So, yeah. anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, cool, man, do what you got to do. You know, fuck these, fuck these companies, you know, do what you got to do to feel right with yourself. I'm happy yeah, for dude. you. I'm with you there. I think, like, yo, if you got something to say about it, just say it. Who gives a fuck? Like, if, if there's going to be repercussions, there's going to be repercussions. I personally don't think that there's like good or bad. There's just consequences. Yeah. And if that's the consequence of his, of his, you know, contract, if they drop him, if he, if he gets sued, I mean, so be it. Fuck him. You know what right. I mean? And, and not fuck him, but like, fuck them. Okay, cool. Move on. You know, do something. <laughs> yeah. else. I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of athletes who have left Nike under similar cir circumstances. Yeah, they're losing a lot of good people, man. I mean, especially designers. They're just they're going because Nike's being dicks. Well, and I mean, like the big the big uh, moment a while back was when was was the Steph story, mm -hmm. right? So Steph, I mean, like when Steph was at peak uh, awesomeness a few years ago, and uh, I mean, I lived in Oakland, huge Warrior fan, 
and everyone was talking about how Nike blew their chance meeting with Steph, Steph Curry. Like, I think they had a meeting with him right after that, a meeting with Kevin Durant, and they forgot to actually change the name on the slides. Oh, you know, no. and he was just like, well, this company obviously doesn't care about me. And that's when he went to uh, Under Armour. And, you know, Jordan, Jordan had a, he, he kind of had a, a similar story. Like his, his whole story was he, he wanted nothing to do with Nike. Uh, he, he was like all in on Adidas. Um, and then his mother actually convinced him just to go and have a meeting with Nike. And, and, you know, I mean, like, I guess that's not really a similar story, but it, it's, it's, it, it, it kind of goes to show just, I mean, these are, these are regular people doing regular things uh, who live in kind of an extraordinary world. Right. And, and being an athlete, being a, a, a celebrity, a, a somebody who endorses products. I mean, that's kind of that that's that's beyond the pale of like a regular person. Yeah. But if you're thinking of like a regular person, like how would I react in these situations? I mean, I would, I would probably act the exact same way if I wasn't sitting there trying to put on a show for anyone else. Right. So I, I totally I might not agree with it. I think, sure, there's probably better ways you could have dealt with it. But like who am I to tell you how to deal with something, you know, do with it how you see fit, bro. And and yeah, I'm happy for you, man. Fuck (laughs) them. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, so let's actually, uh, let's take a jump to our next thing here. Let's do a fragment Travis Scott fucking collab monstrosity ones. Oh God. He says, is this about to be the most faked shoe ever? And I'm going to put my hat in the ring right away and say, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> this is, right? It is, right? I mean, that I've seen fakes of these uh, bouncing around for at least six months. Same. And it, it's, I mean, the, the thing about these is that there isn't five pairs in the world. So it's it's kind of hard to to <laughs> to put a cap on how many fakes get made. Like if, if someone tells you that, I mean, remember the PlayStation, Travis Scott, Dunk the low. biggest joke of a shoe release ever done yeah absolutely well f- five pairs right mm-hmm, five. so you look like a jackass if you're a fake manufacturer pumping out a bunch of fakes of a shoe that there's only five pairs of right mm-hmm. it just looks dumb i mean then and if you're going out and buying that shoe i mean like i you must really like the design like i just i don't i don't see it like I don't know that shoe again. That shoe might as well not even exist. The the PlayStation mm-hmm. one. This one is a pretty close second, right? I mean, I saw somewhere that some a couple of botters got fifty five thousand bot entries into raffles, and they 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 walked away with two hundred and fifty plus pairs. Yes, so, I did hear that. So I mean, that gives you a, less than a one percent chance of actually getting these if you are a bot. Right. Mm. If you're a bot, you get about a 1% or is that less than 1%? I'm not going to do the whole math, but like if you got a bot, you're still getting 1%. If you don't have a bot, what does that put your chances at? A lot fucking lower. I'll tell you that. That's absurd. And it's, it's, I mean, I I don't, yes, I think that this is going to be the most fake sneaker, uh, particular, very specific colorway ever. I mean, like air force one white on whites have been faked for, 20 years you know jordan 11s have been faked for 20 years mm-hmm. uh, bread 11s conquered all the 11s have been faked forever but i think that um the brown and white travis scott ones uh, that came out three years ago are still in the top five most faked shoes that come across um legit check app uh in the rankings every week, yeah. every week. Every uh, week. and the sneaker market is at more of a um, pop culture phenomenon uh, now than it was three years ago. So yes, I think we're going to see uh, endless amounts of fucking fakes with these for the next five, 10 years. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so overwhelming. I mean, but to put that in perspective, right. I guess, uh, was that Marcus Jordan who posted that there was 50 something thousand entries? Is it, uh, is this the same shoe? I don't, uh, I saw, the one that you have posted here is the low. They just did the raffles for the highs. Okay. Um, so any any pairs that have been grabbed so far are most likely highs. So if we if we make uh, you know a conservative estimate, I mean I've seen some of these Nike order sheets. I've seen some of the Jordan One order sheets order sheets, 
And most of these shoes are produced around 30,000 pairs. Most of these ones that come out, one highs are around 30,000 pairs. So, I mean, if we put that, you know, again, put that into perspective. I saw someone else said um, something like half a million entries on one website alone. I, the, the, the question I just keep having to have to ask is like, what I keep having to ask is like, what is the fucking point? I mean, what is the point for, for, I mean, what's the point for Nike? I mean, other than like a rabid fan base, why are the rest of us even paying attention to this shit? FOMO. But, but I mean, what on the money? I mean, because like, it's always on the money. I think because when I first got into sneakers, I, I, I got into sneakers for liking sneakers and mostly because I was told I should, but I ended up really liking them. Um, fuck, train of thought just crashed like crazy. What were we talking about? But the FOMO, the FOMO of the oh, travel FOMO. Scout. Yes, and the money. Um, as soon as I started hearing that like the same pairs that I've been going after and like getting here and there are immediately worth one, two, three, four, five hundred percent what I paid for them. I was like, ooh. I got to get on a, in on these releases. And then and I kept hitting the L's, kept hitting the L's and immediately stopped giving a fuck about it because it's just not worth the time. But and then, I mean, it wasn't worth it either. But, but the, so then, I mean, all the people are arguing, oh, you got to buy real pairs for the culture. What's again, what's the fucking culture? If your culture, yeah. the reason you are going rabbit over the shit is for resale value. What is the culture there? Money, I mean, not shoes, it's money. Yeah, it has nothing to do with fucking shoes. I mean, and that's like, you could almost argue the same thing for uh, baseball cards or, uh, I mean, like, there are plenty of people who are into baseball cards and basketball cards and football cards who don't watch baseball, basketball, or football. They do not give a shit about them. All they do is they do it as an investment. Like, we've clearly crossed over a line here, right? The line is, none of this is really about culture anymore. And it's so funny where people just, like, they just argue that it is like this culture thing. And I, I don't know, I love... I love talking to Digla. Digla, D I G G L A H H H. He's a uh, he's one of those OG collectors who really focused on um, getting stuff from Japan in the early '90s uh, and or maybe late '90s. Uh, a lot of it was like Air Force Ones that were just really hard to come by. But he always has a really good perspective on this, you know. And he, he likes to talk about how this whole culture has uh, died, um, and it died several years ago, and it died for. You know, a lot of us who, who who have been collecting for a long time, and it's really hard to hate on anyone just doing whatever they got to do right now in this whole thing to 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 make it right for themselves. You oh, know, yeah, so, that was the thing that was on uh, on PG's story the other day. Yeah, he was saying. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he he posted that months ago, right? On, yes, on my post, uh, people were asking how PG got all these uh, off white fives. Yep, and I was yeah, so I, I mean, I was saying like you know, there's a million different ways to do this, you know. And then Digla came in and said, "Well, PG PG is one of these guys who's been around forever, uh, and he just decided uh, now it's time to start making money off the market." And um, Pete, uh, Digla is also one who's just kind of like, "Well, I'm I'm doing other things now." And me, on the other hand, I'm trying to figure out uh, a different lane in the market, right? So I think we all kind of come at it from different points of view. And my lane is coming from like a. a a different collectibles kind of space and still sharing the love. And that's why I create the cards. And that's why I do the um, grading authentication and, and you know, why I do all this writing and all this stuff and why I'm trying to merge NFTs. But um, yeah, th- this, <laughs> I mean, if, if this is still quote unquote, a culture to you, uh, you, you kind of have to, I mean, you really don't have to do shit, but from my perspective, you have to ask yourself what the culture is. What is the culture about? What is your version of this culture about? Because if if it's the only reason I have FOMO and why I'm trying to get these pair of Travis Scott's is so that I can make $3,000, I mean, you, you definitely should not be going around telling other people what they should be doing with this, right? It's, it's, yeah, this is, it's, it's peak absurdity. And really, I almost think Nike has kind of positioned itself to be like, a thing of the the past in this regard, right? I, I this sounds like this is like a crazy opinion that I have right now, but um, this is something that I'm really like focusing on. That that this type of marketplace 
it's it's not conducive to any sort of culture other than the culture of making money. Right. So this is partially why I'm so into NFTs is because I think that there's really smart ways to do this. I think there are really interesting and engaging ways for um, consumers and companies and people who are just creative to reach consumers uh, with a similar product in a less conventional, uh, let's get 50,000 bot entries kind of way. Yeah. So that's something that I'm kind of looking forward to and something that I've, I've been uh, deliberating for the past six months since I've really been on this NFT thing. Uh, and, you know, I actually got something coming pretty soon with some of the smartest people I know. I'm not going to divulge anything right now, but I'm working with a few other people just to, 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 to kind of make this a little bit more like, hey, you want to be a part of this? Hey, let's all be a part of this instead of the person who writes the best JavaScript. Yep, we go inclusive, not exclusive. Yeah, and I, I posted something yesterday on One to Stock about the the Griffey Junior card. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? I did. Yes. So again, the Griffey Junior. I talk about this all the time because I think it's a it's a really interesting example. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine, Ken Griffey Junior. Rookie, upper deck rookie. Um, probably the most important baseball card of the uh, modern era. Uh, this was a card that I always wanted. This is one of the few cards that I never actually got my hands on that I wanted. Uh, and this card was going for like anywhere from 20 bucks up to 50 bucks back in like 1989. That was a hell of a lot for a new card. Uh, once Upper Deck had realized, the employees at Upper Deck had realized how much this card was going for, they started just printing sheets of this card just to sell out the back door. They estimate that anywhere from five to seven million copies of this card exist, right? So th this also brings in that, that question of gray market and uh, brand approval, right? If yeah. Upper Deck the brand has actually printed these out without approval, but it is actually Upper Deck the brand out of their own fucking factory, are these legit cards? And now there's literally no way to tell. There's no way to tell how many copies have been produced. I mean, it's a copy machine, right? That's probably long <laughs> since died. Uh, it's people who are probably long since gone. There's no way to tell how many of these cards exist in the world. There's no way to tell which ones were actually approved or not approved. This, this brings up a, a perfect example and a perfect parallel to what Nike's doing and what, you know, people claim the gray market is. But the point I'm trying to make here, if you got 7 million copies of this fucking card and it's still one of the most in-demand cards in existence, what does that tell you about your let's limit everything and make sure everyone loses their goddamn minds over this fucking shit business strategy? What does that say it about that? It should fucking tell you that you don't need to be that way. No, you absolutely do not. And, and, and for Nike to think that this is the, the only way to keep people brand loyal, I, I think it's, it's kind of burning some people. You know, I think it, it's just, what is this doing to the market? What is this going to do, do to the market going forward? Well, yeah, that brings me to my next thing that I had about these, these, these fragment ones were how many pairs and what are your resale predictions? Oh, well, I mean, I think that this is, I, I've seen pairs are already at $3,000 right now on StockX, $3,000, which I, I don't like doing the whole um, resale prediction because baffles my mind that anyone would spend that much money on any of these fucking shoes. Like, I understand, like, maybe a, a Michael Jordan PE, I understand that, or maybe a Kobe Bryant PE, I do not understand uh, these mass-produced, uh, you know... <laughs> This to me, this is low hanging fruit. This is not. There's nothing dope about this to me. This I is mean, on the ground fruit, my friend. This isn't even hanging anymore. This is like, yo, this is the most hyphy collab we could literally think of. So here you go. It's blue. Well, they should have just thrown a, a McDonald's logo on it. I mean, I'd have bought that. Yeah, this is like. I mean, <laughs> I know that NASCAR jackets are like a thing, and people really like them now, but like. When those things came out, I mean, we used to clown the hell out of those things. Every I mean, I mean yeah. people like them now in kind of an ironic way, but like, I don't know, maybe maybe also we're kind of lucky in America because we only just recently started seeing um, 
endorsements on on, on athlete jerseys, right? Because we never used to see that before. But like when I grew up in Great Britain, I, I, I was 14 years old when I lived in Great Britain from 14 to 15. And I remember seeing advertisements on uh, Premier League football jerseys. And I always thought that is so fucking weird. But now it's like, that's what we're coming into right now. I mean, this is Travis Scott as a brand with Fragment. And I mean, from what I understand, most people don't know a goddamn thing about Fragment. And I was actually shocked to learn about Fragment on Jeff Staples' uh, Business of Hype podcast. But mm -hmm. like, this is like, I mean, the, the Travis Scott PlayStation uh, Fragment. I mean, it's it's this is like commercialization to the max. Yeah. Right. Why is that? Tell me what's so interesting about that. I and mean, really, just tell me what what is so cultural about that? You know, like it's. it's but dude, there's text on the midsole. Yeah, and you know what? I got, I got, I got. I heard a lot of shit in the comments because I. Yo, didn't people were mad that you didn't know that. No, it. I, yeah, I think that that's. I mean, when I see samples, dude, I see samples and I see handwriting on them, and I posted that a little bit later in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, just because that's I'm used to getting like samples, you know, I'm not used to getting uh, the, the latest hype release. I'm used to getting like super rare, obscure samples that nobody really gives a damn about. Right. And when I see writing on the side of a shoe, I mean, like, I just I like it. I think it's dope. It, it tells it's me that this was in a, it was sitting in a meeting and somebody was actually looking at this and running their hands over it and thinking, oh, this is what we can do with this. And this looks good. And maybe they don't go that way. Maybe they decide not to go with this version, but this this personalizes the shoe to me. Is having this? I'm, I'm actually looking at one of my hand right now. This actually personalizes personalizes the shoe for me. This gives yeah, it life. humanizes it a little more. What's that? It humanizes it a little more for you. Yeah, absolutely. And so to see basically the same thing that people write on it in print on the midsole, I was like, wow, okay, this is dope. So they're doing something different now. But people were like. One guy was like, are you dense? That's Fragments uh, trademark. Okay, sorry. I mean, like I've owned, fra I've owned Fragments before, like the, the trainers back in the day. They did not have that on the trainers back in the day. Right. So maybe maybe this is a new thing. Uh, everyone is, is kind of sucking Virgil off with this whole idea of the uh, industrialization um, bit. But like, I don't know. I, I don't find <laughs> that typed information all that dope on there. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. Like, cool tooling code number, great. Awesome. I was about to say it's, it's an arbitrary group of numbers. Like you're not part of some cool group because you know the tooling code on a fucking fragment Air Jordan. They made that shit up. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing special. It won't tell you how to make it. It doesn't make you cool. It just yeah. makes you a nerd. And it's okay to be a nerd, but like, <laughs> people were people were uh, people were kind of railing on me in the in the comments, but whatever. Learn something new every day. Fuck it. That's enough on the fragment ones. That was fun, though. <laughs> um, yeah. Yo, let's do I got my fucking Warren Lotus Reapers in. Oh, you did? Okay, how'd those go? Okay, first of all, this is a quality shoe. I don't I don't want to hear anybody bitch moan about the quality of a Warren Lotus sneaker. This mm. suede is soft. It's, it's supple to the hands. The leather is smooth and beautiful. The construction is almost flawless. There's no glue stains. The stitching is even. Everything's good. And they're just about true to size. They're a little small. And so, they have zoom air in them. They have zoom in them. They do. Okay, so for those of you who don't, who don't know the difference between zoom and regular air, zoom, uh, it's basically, um, well, I don't even know if I can explain this accurately, but like a regular air pocket, it's like they're trying to keep air in. Uh, with the zoom air bubble, it's more like the air is trying to push itself out, but uh, shit, I don't even know how to explain it, man. I don't know how to explain You're it. You're close, though. Like that, that, that was pretty close as to what it is. Yeah. I found like the just the, it's a difference in foot feel. That's all. The, the zoom is a little more cushy. It's a little more like bouncy on the heel because it's meant to support you um, yeah. when you're balling or skating. It, 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 when you hold like a zoom unit in your hand, it feels like it's, it's going to pop. It just, it feels like there's so much pressure inside that it's going to pop. But like when you're, you're holding a regular air bubble, it just feels like you just want to push down on it. So yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. 
but the okay, so the Lotus there was so basically after the pigeon dropped, they Nike sued Warren Lotus. So he came with three different versions. There was a white on white, there was a white Carolina, and then there was like a brown, red, and gold color. Is that that's the one you got, right? Yep, that's the one I have. That okay, was the so chainsaw basically, colorway. Chainsaw. So he basically offered these up as a consolation prize for not getting the pigeons. Uh I remember seeing this dude, uh, 157 Restorations. Uh, I've gone through quite a few soul swaps with him, and I, I really like his work. Um, but he 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 sent me a um, Photoshop of what he thought it should have been like with the uh, the scythe for the Reaper in a in a more. Um, it looked like a much better placement than it it, it did on the actual final product. But uh, my question about these shoes, you remember when he got these in? Uh, when Warren Lotus got these in, he he was looking to hire somebody to walk five five hundred miles. Was it five yeah, from from um, San Fran to L.A. from L.A. to San Francisco? Because he's and in he LA. did it. Okay, so I didn't hear anything about this after he he did this, and now I thought that this was like going to be a publicity stunt where he was going to say, "Oh, look, we got you know somebody was able to wear these every day, twelve hours a day, walk five thousand yeah. miles," and but I didn't hear anything after the initial uh the dude started so what happened with that okay so uh this dude jonas um he 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 paid this dude jonas ten thousand dollars to walk from fucking la to san francisco in a pair of chainsaw reapers and so he you know essentially what he did is he picked a bunch of like finalists from his dms put them mm -hmm. all up on the stories and had everybody vote on who the people's champ was going to be and, and and jonah was the guy that won I think I said Jonas earlier, but it was Jonah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he won, and he meets up with Warren Lotus. He gets his shoes on. He's got his trekking poles and all that good shit, and, and Warren Lotus sees him off. He sends a Warren Lotus employee to follow him the entire way. They paid for his hotels and all of his food and stuff as he went, and homie walked like 15 miles a day. He, he was just crushing it, and, and it essentially, if you wanted to keep up on the entirety of the story, uh, Warren insisted that you went to follow Jonas Page and okay. that you would see more specific actual like walking videos and him being tired and boop a doop stupid shit. Um, essentially the less marketable side of it. And every once in a while, Warren was putting up an update when he had like met up with Jonah part of the way through. Um, and just essentially he was just going to check up on the shoe and take pictures of the shoe as they got beat into the ground, you know, 500 miles. And he shows a picture of these things 200 miles in and they still look fucking brand new. Okay. It, it was insane how, how nice the shoes still looked. And that's, I had already committed to this because my original pre-order was for the Stussies. He was doing this, the Stussy cherry oh, right, right, as right. well as the pigeon Jasons. And I think the pigeon Jasons were just the fucking piss off Nike, but that is what that is. I want to do a whole episode on Warren. Um, but yeah, so he did all that shit and, and now we've got um we've got our shoes in hand after 10 months. 10 months. <laughs> I mean it, months. that's good though. I mean he 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 came through. Uh I haven't seen all that much press on this particular shoe. I think I don't know, it feels like some of it might have backfired. But I mean, I'm sure that that guy, like I, I thought at the time, I remember when I first started following Warren Lotus, uh, one of my students told me about him because he had on this this really dope Warriors t-shirt um, yeah. or Rockets t-shirt or something like that. And I was like, yo, what is that? And he told me, and I looked up Warren Lotus at the time, and I think he had uh, something like 80,000 followers on IG. And that was pretty good. So I started following him and then following this whole saga after the... Um, after the whole the whole mess, I remember he was at like three hundred twenty five thousand followers. But let me see what he's at now. Lotus. Yeah, I remember as soon as this whole Stussy Pigeon thing started, um, he was at that point around two hundred or so, and then at the end of all of it, after a couple of weeks, he was up one hundred and twenty five thousand followers. You know, like you said, about three hundred twenty-five k. I think he's about three seventy-five now. Yeah, so he's at three eighty-three. And and what I was trying to argue at the time was, you know, people were like, "Oh, you support this shit, you support this trash." And I was just like, "Dude, I just support trying to get their shit done." You know, and and he was trying to get shit done. And and like in my opinion, what this was, 
was he probably sat there with Jeff Staple and Jeff Staple's like, dude, do whatever. And he's like, but don't you think Nike will come after us? This will be legal. And Jeff was probably just like, just do whatever. I mean, whatever happens from this, if you get a C and D, you get a C and D, but you're going to get so many more followers and your business is just going to grow. So let's just do whatever we can. And I think, I mean, it it came out, really turned out well for him. I mean, he, he, um, I won't lie. I bought a fake Warriors Warren Lotus shirt three years ago. Uh, and I bought that because I wasn't about to spend $300 on a fucking t-shirt. Just wasn't. Hey, man, they're 110 Oh, that one was reselling at the time because the Warriors were winning oh. for like $300. No. So uh, I was like, fuck this. And I found one on uh, eBay for $14. And I was like, okay, it's just a t-shirt. I'm going to get it. So I got it. Uh, but um, – I do. I, I don't know, man. I got respect for this. I mean, I don't particularly like him. I don't particularly like his uh, style, his aesthetic. I know that there was um, – I posted some kind of shit-talking stuff in the past because he. I remember he took an Arcteryx jacket. He, he cut it up, and he tried to charge $5,000 for it on his Insta, and I, I don't know if he sold. I don't see it here anymore. But uh, I think just people who are just trying to do shit, man, I respect it. I mean, even if it's like unconventional ways, I respect it because it's – Again, like everyone wants to to demonize one another in this whole uh, industry. Everyone wants to talk shit to one another in this whole industry. And nobody is like picking up on the fact that we are just getting fucked, continually fucked by the corporations. Yeah, we're we're too busy fighting over the product they make to to realize what the hell they're actually doing to us. And and not just us, but also our our thought processes. No, it's it's absurd. I mean, there's this... I don't know if you follow Sneaker Dave, uh, Dave Whitehead, um, just a real cool guy. Sneaker Dave, his name is, and uh, he's been in this for as long as I have, maybe even longer. Um, and he reposted somebody the other day that said, uh, we're all battling with each other over the opportunity to buy something from a multinational corporation. And we consider ourselves lucky if we get the opportunity to buy something from them. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I mean, I've said, you know, I I know I've said this before and I, it's just one of those things that like, once you understand what I, what that means, you just feel like a fucking punk. Like if you actually understand, I mean, sure, you can hear what I'm saying or whatever. And you think about, uh, maybe I'm, I'm tripping because of this amount of money and that amount of money. But like, at the end of the day, like we are bending over our, we're bending backwards over ourselves to satisfy these companies in their their whims and these corporations in their whims when it's like yo they are fucking us at every at every corner like i mean <laughs> y'all might not know this but uh christian louboutin uh they have trademarked a red sole on the bottom of a shoe red they trademarked a color on the bottom of Plato just trademarked a smell. Yeah. How do you do that? Magic, legal magic. Right. You just have to have enough money to do it. I mean, you tell me that, that if I decide to create shoes right now, I can't put a red sole on the bottom of my shoe because somebody owns that color for the bottom of shoes. Like what, what is going on here? You know? So, uh, you know, I, a bit of a tangent there, but like, Again, I don't care so much for Warren Lotus. I don't really care for um, stuff he puts out, you know, but like I'm happy he's doing something for himself instead of for another multinational corporation that's just fucking us. Yeah, dude. Even like on the box of the shoes. So the box that the Reapers came in, first of all, it says the most hated shoe on earth. Mm -hmm. And also it says on the side, I'm paraphrasing, I do not have the box in front of me. I have recently moved all of my sneakers from the office up to my bedroom. But um, so it says something along the lines of like, I'm happy this shoe exists. It caused me a lot of pain, but every single pair that gets produced is a victory. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that because first of all, fuck Nike for doing what they did to him. He was not hurting their sales. Nobody that went to that site thought that that shit was Nike. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody had that misconception. Yeah, and that was, that was the biggest thing they had in their lawsuit. Oh, well, they're just people are being misled to think this is a Nike product. Motherfucker, the box says this is a Warren Lotus product, huge on the tag. 
<laughs> no one's dropping no one's dropping three hundred twenty five dollars on something that they don't think is a real i mean like <laughs> no one's dropping twenty five dollars on that if they don't know what they're buying right and, and and it's funny i didn't i didn't buy those those stussy shoes because i wanted those stussy shoes i was just you ever just sitting there and you have a weird feeling about somebody i had yeah. a weird feeling about warren lotus and that that shit was gonna blow up and there's gonna be something super weird that goes down with these fucking sneakers and then all of a sudden he's collabed with jeff staple and then nike's out of the woodwork like yo you gotta cut that shit out and and then warren lotus is the talk of the town for like five months yeah well whatever i mean whatever it was like however he planned it or however he i mean like he opened the door for 90 something companies to come through and try that themselves mm -hmm. you know and again <laughs> i keep saying this I, I don't care for him and you know I've, I've seen him on live and i think oh god anytime i see him talk i just want to kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit but like dude living his life um homie does have a very punchable face oh my god yeah <laughs> he, looking at the dude you kind of do just want to jock him in his eyeball but yeah. and, you know, it is what it is. I, I like the stuff he's doing. I got a couple of shirts only because they were free with my shoes. But, like, I, yeah. I like them. It's good quality stuff. Everything is exactly what he said it would be and more, honestly. The dude has never steered anybody wrong. And anybody that's been shitting on him, like, where are my sneakers, dude? He's told you exactly where your sneakers been the entire time. You're just an impatient little dickhead. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm up for anybody who's trying to do their own thing, even if it is. Uh, biting a little bit off of a, a, a massive corporation, I'm I'm for it. Like they deserve to be bitten. Yeah, I mean, for all the shit that they've done to us and they've done to this, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's if you think that that we aren't getting fucked in some way, then I don't know what to tell you. You're probably listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> yes, my man. Speaking no. of that, let's let's uh. Let's let's kill the Warren Lotus here. Um, I think that was everything I wanted to get at. But now I want to talk very seriously about Air Max packs. Oh, okay. This is real shit. This is Dope. exciting. First of all, I got mine in today. I'm very excited to pop those open. Um, there will be a fairly exciting uh, pack crack video up before you guys even hear this. So I guess I'm wasting my breath right now. But I did have a couple questions for you. Yeah, let's do it. First thing, uh, what was your favorite part of, of making this particular set? Um, the thing about uh, creating sneaker cards is that I feel like there's so many um, different uh, there's so many different storylines I could do. I mean, I, I said this last week, I think, but like I can make a, a, a sneaker set on like my high school years. I can make a sneaker set on my corporate years. I can make a set on the last five years and they might not make sense to everybody else, but they damn sure make sense to me. And and that's kind of what I love about it. Like I've always had a really good memory. Uh, like I'm really good at remembering numbers and names and stuff like that, faces. Um, so remembering sneakers, it's almost like second nature because I could just put a name and a, 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 an image in my head to something. So this particular set, uh, I, I have a whole checklist um, of sets that I want to eventually create. Uh, the impetus behind this one was that I thought we were going to be able to make it to Air Max Day. Because what I'm learning is that if I'm not um, dropping specific releases on specific relevant days, uh, it's not going to be anywhere near as big of a hit. So when I did the Kobe set, I was really pushing for a date, and I, I barely made the date. Um, I made the date, like, I, I, I literally got the cards in, like, two days uh, before... 824 and i didn't get all my shippable boxes until like exactly two weeks later so i was really pushing that date uh this time around um january i started hitting up the manufacturer i said look i need a card set ready by march 26th and they said yes and we signed all the paperwork and da da da, -da. long story short we didn't get them until four months after due date so uh me and sons of black Marie, we worked day and night to make sure that we got all of the stuff ready for uh, the card manufacturer by the time that they needed uh what i really liked um the thing is it's almost like writing uh or it's like sitting down and doing a podcast or it's like 
doing anything that's worthwhile is you might not have the best idea when you sit down, but if you just start trying shit, stuff will start coming to you. So uh, I was trying to figure out a good way to do the master's cards. And then all of a sudden I just started thinking about like my childhood and masters of the universe. And I, I quickly Googled the, the masters of the universe theme and I was like, yo, I got it. And I just started creating the cards and it was just like, I don't know Photoshop well, but I just started putting some stuff together and I was like, well, that looks cool. Oh, that looks even cooler. That looks really interesting. Okay. Now what can I do with this? And the, the art of designing something uh, was just really um, just being straight up creative the whole time without any like idea of how to get to where I was going or even where I was going. It, it was really dope for me. And what's really cool about that Air Max Master set is that um, I actually learned all the different parts of the Air Max Master. And I don't think even most people who own Masters know what the different parts of the Air Max Master is. And that's yeah, do that. Yeah, but it's so, it's so dope because I've seen all those for so long. And now I can actually, what I, what I want to do is I want to put all 12 of those in a frame. Uh, one of them got fucked up. I don't know if you saw that, but the animal one, they didn't print correctly. So I'm going to have to have the next set print those correctly because that one is a, is a beast. It's beautiful. And I'm so mad that they didn't do that. But um, there's that. And then also like the, the, the wanted cards. I don't know if you saw the wanted, the plus cards. Yeah, people get confused, but I like them a lot. People are really confused, and maybe I mean that's obviously my fault. Then is that because I put that on there? But everyone's hitting me up, and they're like, "Oh, it tells me to contact you if if I get this card." And I'm like, "No, it doesn't say contact me if you get the card. It says contact me if you find the shoe." So if you find the shoe, that's one of those shoes that I've always wanted, man. The Air Max Plus line, like I every you know maybe three or four times that I've had this IG, I've I've. Uh, posted each and every shoe of the Air Max Plus line. And people love it because you don't really get to see them together at any given point. Air Max Pluses, uh, I spent a lot of time in Europe um, in my teens and 20s, uh, even a little bit in my 30s. And Air Max Pluses were, were everywhere in Europe, but they were nowhere else. I never saw the Air Max Plus line anywhere else outside of like France, uh, the Netherlands, and maybe the UK. And I always wanted them, but I can never ever find them. And, and if you actually read the the background post on uh, on those cards, like to me, those are almost myth mythical sneakers as well. And it's just one of those lines that I've always been super interested in that I could just never, I've never actually seen the shoes in person. You got to go to Australia, man. Australia too. Australia, they're really big, especially the plus one. Yeah, the plus ones are really popular in Australia. They recently released the threes, and then they released a few pairs of twos last year. I was actually looking at them before I got on the, 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 the call with you today. But like fours, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, they've never retro these, and they were they were not widely available in the United States to begin with. They've only been uh, available like in Europe. So uh, I really like how those cards came out too. I think those cards came out great with a different gold pattern on every single one. I hadn't noticed that it was different, but I did notice that the pattern was dope as fuck. Yeah, and it looks, I mean, it really looks like a really special card. Even though you could get those in like one in every two or one in every three packs, it really looks like a special card. And to me, what I'm doing is I'm paying paying homage to to this line that nobody gives a damn about except like me and a bunch of Australians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like in Melbourne, that shit is huge. I got a couple of friends down there and uh, they're not necessarily sneakerheads, but um, they know that I am. So every once in a while, they're like, yo, did you want these? Did you want those? I'm like, yeah, but not for not for that price or for that shipping. But, you know, thank you for hitting me up with shoes I otherwise probably wouldn't even see. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, it's it's just such a, Digla also likes to talk about this. He, he says that uh, he likes undocumented stuff. He likes a culture until it becomes documented. And uh, I'm documenting it. So in one way, I'm kind of ruining it, but I'm in, in another way, I'm also like, I'm also preserving it. Yes. And I, and, and I did that the same way that, I mean, to me, this is very similar to the New York city shops cards that I did. Yeah. Those places, man, if, if I didn't document that shit, th there would be nowhere. Like you, you can't even find half these, these places online. Like some of them don't even don't even exist online. They have no online presence whatsoever. And they've just, they've just gone the way of 
everything, right? Everything just comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. The way of Circuit City. Yeah, exactly. Or Blockbuster. There you go. Yeah. Hey, there's um, no one in Australia. Is there? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like to, to me, it's it's just kind of utilizing my 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 memory of these things and and telling a story that most people who are probably buying these cards have no idea even exists, and they're 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 just finding out about it, and you know, almost like it sounds dumb, but maybe they're I'm, I'm creating new fans of this line in that case. That right. is a perfect segue for the, for the next half of this question, too. Um, I was wondering, how do you hope that the cards will influence sneakerheads? Uh, there's a couple things that I think um, I need to start doing with the cards. Number one, I need to show that there's like a market for this stuff, right? Because I think a lot of people look at this as like it's just this uh, – it's just like this kitschy thing. And um, n- no, it's not just – this kitschy thing where I just created a bunch of shit. I actually was very deliberate in the numbers, in uh, the odds, the pulls, the design, the structure, the, the the colorways. I mean, I was very deliberate in all this because I wanted it to be a well thought out thing. Now, what I have to show is what these, you know, what cards can actually do for people if they want them to, you know, how you can collect a set. One thing that I did, I went out to uh goodwill the other day and i bought a bunch of frames because i'm going to frame a bunch of these ones that i got because like to me i'm never going to own these city series dunks but i have my memories of the city series dunks that i'm going to post and i'm going to you know put on my wall right next to some pictures of me being in paris tokyo and london you yeah. know and, and then my, my ebay cards like i didn't tell anybody this yet and i'm going to break it on the on the podcast but or i'm going to break it in the in the ig as well but <laughs> Somebody pulled uh, the one of one eBay card and uh, he reached out to me. He said, um, he said he'd sell it to me if I wanted it. And I, we agreed on a price. Uh, it was definitely less than I thought I was going to pay. It was less than I was willing to pay. Uh, but I'm really happy with the price I paid. Uh, I paid 200 bucks for it. And I, I was really prepared to, to spend about 500 on it because to me, like, I didn't even see this card. Right. Like I really created a one on one that I didn't actually even get a chance to see or hold. Somebody pulled oh, they, it. They didn't even print a test. No, I didn't even print a test. Just literally just a one of one. Uh, and it, it, I wrote on the back. Um, actually, let me grab it real quick so I can read what I wrote on the back. Yes, sir. It says, uh, much like the one of one eBay dunk, dunk, you pulled a one of one eBay dunk card from the Dunky Dunks 2020 set. Take special care of this card as it is, quite literally, the only copy in the world. And then I put in parentheses, I didn't even print out a copy for myself. If you don't want it, reach out to me. I'd be interested in purchasing it for my own collection. So, I mean, like, I have this one of one now, and I'm the only person in the world who has this, right? I mean, it's a bit off center. It's a bit, you know, whatever it is, crooked, whatever. But like, this tells the story to me about that that card and the value prop of these cards. I don't think people understand the value prop of of, of cards if they didn't grow up pulling packs. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I definitely agree with you, hundred percent, man. It is, and and the like for me, the value prop of cards, there's, there's, there's a couple things. Number one, I do think that there's monetary value in here. And I think we can definitely extract monetary value out of these cards in a, in a uh, cohesive and um, complementary way. I think yeah. some of these rare insert cards, people have been hitting me up for loose base, loose base cards. You know, they need, you know, these three to finish their set. Uh, people have also hit me up about um, some of the insert cards we had a trade group on Facebook and people were like sending each other cards and it was really dope. Uh, but like in the same way, I think I could sell some of these inserts as singles, right? So like some people want to, to collect the whole Supreme set, uh, Supreme dunk set. Like, I mean, should, should they be more than, you know, 10 bucks a piece? Should they be five bucks a piece? I mean, and then once you have numbers on those actual cards, uh, you can start pulling them and looking at them. Oh, that's 20 bucks. Ooh, that's five bucks. Ooh, that's 15. Ooh, that's a hundred dollar card right there. You know, and then once that market is established, I think, I think you kind of better understand what it is that you're actually doing. That's part one of the value value prop. The other value prop to me is just displaying these as if you own them yourself. Right. So like like you said, and like I said, I'm never going to own an eBay dunk. I'm never going to go out and buy a a, a one of one, um, you know, 
million dollar shoe, but I can have the 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 cards on my wall. Right. And even if I'm not going to buy that one of one, or even if I do buy that one of one, I'm never going to wear it. I mean, so it's just as good to me to put it in my wall as a as a card that I created as it is to own it and have it sit in a box in my closet. You know, so yeah. I mean I feel I, that, man. Yeah. So I totally just I have to show it. I have to show what the value prop to me is with these things. And I think, you know, that that's that's something that I gotta work on a little bit. And I haven't well, fully I have an idea, so I'll hit you up with that after this is over. Okay. Yeah, I mean I haven't fully thought it through. Um, but uh one guy told me um in the the Sneaker Savant Discord, he was telling me, you know. Uh, I think these cards are great. I I don't think you've provided like a sense of urgency for people to 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 buy them all through, and that's absolutely true. I'm terrible when it comes to marketing. I'm good at talking about things like, you know, talking about history, talking about sneaker history, talking about uh, how I feel about certain things in sneaker history, but I am not good at selling something. Right. So, um, yeah, you're right. I don't really push a sense of urgency on this, but I do have to, uh, and I do think I can push the the value proposition of these cards because they're, they're i mean and then it baseball cards they're very hard for me to throw away or give away right because it's always just like somebody put a lot of time and effort into this and and I, i'm sure a lot of you feel the same way you know but like yeah i think i just i really have to highlight that yeah hell yeah man so to recap everybody air max packs that shit is live. You can buy them. Shop.sneakersavant.com. Um, dude, they're 50 bucks a box. It's worth every single penny just for the experience. And if you like Air Maxes or sneakers at all, or you know, have a friend that likes sneakers, buy a gift. Be a nice person. Pass it on. Go buy some goddamn cards. <laughs> I think it's dope. Also, it's it's also good. Like if you don't know that much about something and you want to know a lot about it, I mean, like it's a really cool way to learn something about. It. Like I. I didn't know a single thing about baseball before I started buying baseball cards. And I can't say that I know a lot about it now because I don't really follow baseball anymore, but I learned a lot about baseball when I started buying baseball cards. I learned what the different teams were. I learned who the different players, the different positions. I learned uh, why somebody is better than another person by reading the stats. I learned, you know, that there's about 400 people who play baseball every year. You know, there's uh 29 or however many teams there are now. I mean, like there's a lot of stuff you can learn, especially if that's something that you want to uh, be involved in. I mean, it took me a while to, to memorize all the Jordan, the, the, the first 23 Jordan models, right? It took me a little while to do that, but like, it's one of those things now that's just second nature, right? So mm -hmm. same, same with Air Maxes. I mean, I like, I think Air Maxes are more me than Jordans are. Um, and they're more me than dunks are, but uh, dunks are what kind of introduced me to Air Maxes. So, I mean, everyone has their own little story to tell, and these are just like the stories that I'm telling. And I think they're, it, it might as well be like a, a, a memoir. You know, these cards might as well be a memoir. Yeah, definitely. So, well, anyway. yeah, that's awesome, man. I really, I really like what you're up to here, and I think a lot of people do too. You know, we're going to we're going to keep doing everything we can to push these out and, you know, just get them into people's hands. You've been doing a great job. You know, some big people got them in their hands and they seem pretty happy with them. Yeah, I got a I don't know if I said this last week, but I, I celebrities that I sent them out to us. I'm out to Jay Balvin. Um, I got him to Killer Mike, uh, Sean Weatherspoon, Ronnie. I, I said his name last week, didn't I? Ronnie Feig. Ronnie yeah, Ronnie Feig, 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 however it's said. <laughs> Yeah, I got them out to a few of them. I haven't seen anybody uh, repost them yet, uh, Lil Yachty. Um, but again, I, I just don't understand how anyone could look at these and go, oh, well, this is whack. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, seems like, that. yeah, it's it's not, I mean, it's it's clearly not a low effort uh, project. Clearly not right. a low project, right? Like, maybe maybe some people just i mean like when it, when they first posted them the kobe set in uh september of last year or something like that or august of last year uh, nice kicks posted them and nice kicks had four million followers at the time and they posted them and uh, i saw the post go through i was in tahoe at the time and my heart started racing and i was like you know i cannot look at these posts because if i look at the comments it's probably gonna ruin my day 
oh yeah i remember you telling somebody like yo go check that out make and he's like yo it's not that bad you can go check it out <laughs> well i got the one the, the one the guy was saying just another white guy trying to make money off of mm-hmm. kobe and <laughs> it's just like oh fuck i can't watch this dude i can't watch this <laughs> nope, no. nope i'm out nope <laughs> yeah it really i mean it really is like it's putting yourself out there in a, in a way that's really kind of unique and there's not much of a precedent for it so um, i'm happy with how everything has been received for those who got it i mean definitely wish i, I would have sold more of each of them but like i think that that's going to come down once i start uh displaying the value prop and um you know bringing bringing people together on you know trades and, and trying to uh, accumulate whatever set it is that you're you're going for yeah so really anyway was there anything else we got today no dude we first of all we've hit our about hour and five that we normally do you hit all my questions we talked about the reapers we talked about fragments and Kyrie. we talked about it the air max packs and why you do what you do the only thing that was on the list that we didn't touch on i don't want to touch on because i'm sick of talking about how much instagram hates you oh yeah <laughs> dude I, I, I just i don't get it i don't get it man every like every other week every other week i get it i get a uh an Instagram message telling me that I can't log in for the day because of something I did. And I, I never understand what it is that I did. So it's very frustrating. And they never tell you either. No one ever tells me. So it's always just like, I just have to take, take a break for a day. Well, I guess that's not the worst thing to come of it. Well, my man, we have covered everything on the syllabus for today. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to a couple guys ramble about sneakers. We appreciate you and all your support. Uh, We wouldn't really be doing this if it weren't for the people that do listen. Both of us have goods available for purchase. You can check shop.thesneakersavant.com for sneaker trading cards, preservation cases, or if you need to hit Homeboy up for some grading and or authentication. And you can check byshoof.com, B-Y-S-H-O-E-F.com for all of my clothing and art. This has been Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. Next week, same people, same shit, smaller shovel. We'll catch you on Tuesday. Stay safe. Stay safe.